Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Legend is a word that's thrown around far too often. But if there was ever an artist the word legend applies to, it would be Smokey Robinson. Member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice and the Songwriters Hall of Fame, he has received a Kennedy Center honor, the National Medal of Arts, a Grammy Living Legend Award, and an honorary doctorate from Howard University. He's a brother to Barry Gordy, and without Smokey, perhaps Motown would not have risen to become the sound of young America. As the founder of the Miracles, their single Shop Around became Motown's first number one hit on the R&B singles chart, and later Smokey became vice president of Motown Records. During the course of his nearly 60-year career in music, he's accumulated more than 4,000 songs to his credit and continues to thrill sold-out audiences around the world. Now, Smokey will be appearing at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan on Friday, December 29th. For tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. And to talk about this amazing journey is music legend Smokey Robinson. Smokey, how are you, my friend? I'm good, David. How are you? I am great. You know, you never stop. You just put out another new album. Yes, I did, man. It's <laughs> awesome. It's been a while, but I but I have a new one out now, Gasms. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I feel I thought it was time, you know. And I've been I actually been working on it for about four or five years, though, you know. But uh, you know that's the way it is in the record business nowadays. You know, sometimes it takes longer than that for a person to make a new album. But I, I hadn't done one a, a new album of original material in a long time. So I figured it was time, and, and um, it's called Gasms. No, I've heard it. I've heard it. And I think many of your songs were for were perfect for Behind Closed Doors, but this album was done with intention. I, it was. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> with, with, with the thought of having some controversy. <laughs> oh, hey, controversy is good publicity, my friend. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. I want to go back a bit. Where did the name Smokey come from? Gosh, David, I've had that name since I was about three or four years old, man. My, I had an uncle, his name's Uncle Claude, and um, and uh, he was also my godfather. And when I was three or four years old, he would take me to the movies to see cowboy movies because I, I thought that at that point mm-hmm. I wanted to be a cowboy because mm-hmm. I loved cowboys, and, and especially the ones who sang, you know, like Gene Archie and Roy Rogers and those guys who sang. And so he would take me to see it. So he had a cowboy name for me, which was Smokey Joe. And if you ask me <laughs> what that. my name was at that time, I told you Smokey Joe. I love and that. everybody all my life has called me that, with exception when I got to be about 12 or so, they dropped the Joe off and I just became Smokey. I love but, but that's been my name all my life, man, even my teachers. You know, who were the people that were influencing you back in the day? I've heard Sarah Vaughn, I've heard Jackie Wilson, but, like, who did you want to emulate? What influenced you well, in your Well, early days? you know what, David? Uh, um, Sarah Vaughn is the first voice I ever remember hearing in my house uh, when I was probably about two or three years old. I, I, that's the first voice I ever remember hearing. But, uh, I, you know, I, I had uh, two older sisters, man. And between my two sisters and my mom, they played all kinds of music every day, man. I grew up in a home where there was always, which was really great for me. And I heard everything from uh, blues to gospel to jazz to classical, you know. Um, and and so I grew up hearing those voices. When I got to be old enough to want to buy my own records and stuff like that, about you know eleven, twelve years old, Jackie Wilson. 
yeah. was my number one singing idol. He was number one to me. Then there was Sam Cooke and Ray Charles and Frankie Lyman sure. and a guy named Nolan Strong. who had a group called the Diablos in Detroit. And they were my, my, my singing idols, man. I, I, I just loved them. And so I guess in, 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 you know, by me having a high voice, and they all had high voices, uh, I, I tried to emulate them uh, as, as much as I could at that time, you know. But they were the ones who influenced me the most. I know you mentioned Detroit, and, you know, what was it about that time in Detroit in music that defined a musical genre? You talk about Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, too. You knew Aretha and Diana when you were just little kids, right? Yeah, I haven't known Aretha since, uh, shit, uh, I was eight years old. And uh, I've known Diana since I was probably about 12. Wow. You know, we all lived in the same neighborhood, and... um and uh but you asked me what the what the thing about Detroit was, man. Barry Gordy was the thing about Detroit. Yeah. We had Barry Gordy. Yeah. We had a man who had a dream and his dream made so many other dreams come true because he was a man who had the fortitude and all that, especially back in those days, to be a black man starting a record company and competing with all the ones that were existing at that point. You know, it was a, it was a real feat, man. But uh, he was he, he was he's just that kind of guy, and uh, he was the 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 uh, the, uh, the catalyst, and he was at the helm. And we had a guy like him who was a music man. His first love was writing songs and, and producing records, and rather than him being some other kind of businessman who just decided he wanted to go into the record business and, and, and see what that was like, or an attorney or something like that, he was a music man. So we had him at the helm, and that was the, our greatest asset. I was say, at that time, too, I know you and Barry are like brothers after all these years, but... You were a prolific writer. I mean, you came to Barry with a book of over a hundred songs you wrote right in the beginning. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And, and and only two of them did he like. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I I I used to be a rambler when it comes to songwriting, David. I used to be a rambler. I mean, you know, and since I was a little boy, I mean, a little boy, four and five years old, I yeah. was writing poems and stuff. I could I could I could always rhyme stuff. But when it came to writing songs, you know, when I met Barry that day that I met him, uh, um, he he pointed this out to me eventually after he had heard about twenty of my songs. You know, that's <laughs> he awesome. Said, because my songs were all rhymed up very good, man. But the but the the continuity of them was off because my first verse would be saying oh my darling i love you so much and i'm so glad that we're here together and we've been together for all this time and don't ever leave and it'd be all rhymed up you know then the second verse would be saying oh baby when are you coming back i haven't seen you in 10 years and i miss you so much and i want to be with you you know so that had nothing to do with yeah, the first verse yeah yeah so so anyway but he 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 started to mentor me on my songwriting and um, and uh, make me understand that a song is a is a short book or a short movie or something that has a beginning. His thing was a beginning and a middle and an ending that tie in together. So um, you know. Well, you know what's funny too is that I know Motown was a training ground. Like Barry saw this label as a training ground. It didn't matter if you had records out before you joined a label or his label. If you were had you were in concert, you were on stage, you were on the radio. Didn't matter. He had a clear mission when he signed someone. And and really, it was a training ground. Oh, it was a training ground, man. We were the only company in the world, and uh, before then and since then, that had 
Artist Development, which was a school for our artists. And it was mandatory that you went. You didn't have a choice whether when you signed with Motown, it was mandatory that you went to artist development, especially if you had a record out, mm-hmm. because we wanted our acts to be ready for the public when they saw them. And so we had artist development, man, where we learned choreography and and vocals and and and, and how to walk and you know uh, it, it was it, how to do interviews. It was it was really a great it's amazing idea, you know. And we were the only ones who ever had that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. That's what makes Motown legendary. We're talking to music legend Smokey Robinson. There's more with him next on 720 WGN. Talking to music legend Smokey Robinson coming back to Chicago. Um, you know, as a fellow writer and producer, I assume that you and Barry were competitive over the years too, right? Oh, we still are, man. <laughs> you know, we, 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 whenever we have a, 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 a discrepancy about what something is, we, 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 we bet. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Okay. So, so, so we, 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 we're still very competitive, man. You know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, you know, you yeah. you you must have earned each other's respect, right? Because I mean, you talk about shop around Motown's first million record seller. I mean, that really made an impact on that label. You did. Well, yeah, it did, it did man. And uh, and um, you know, I'm very proud of that. I'm I'm very proud that we had the first million seller and all that. And Chef, you mentioned shop around, man. Shop around was a song. We had an artist named Barrett Strong. And Barrett had a hit record uh, called Money, That's What I Want. The best things in life are free, even. Mm-hmm. And so Barry wanted me to do an album on him. And he came to me and he said, hey, man, I want you to do an album on Barrett. I said, okay, cool. So I thought about money. That's what I want. What do you do with money? You shop. So I wrote the song Shop Around. And, 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 and when I played it for Barry, then he wanted me to sing it. you know. And, and I said, no, Barrett. He said, no, you, because I like your voice on this. And so we did it, man. And, um, and yeah, it was the first million seller at Motown. Well, and you also, as a writer and producer, you had a strong affinity with women artists. You know, Mary Wells and the Marvelettes, uh, the Supremes, uh, Diana Ross, early single breathtaking guy. What did you like about uh, women singers and 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 at that time? I just like singers, man. It didn't yeah. have to be women. It just, I just like singers. I like people who can sing. So you know, and and, and I I still do, and I I have always enjoyed talent, and so uh, it it wasn't about them being females or whatever. It was uh, it was just you know people that I thought could sing, and 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 most of them like Diana Ross and Supremes. I brought them to Motown, so I did the first records on them, which were not hits. You know, yeah. and then Holland George Holland did Where Did I Love Go, which would put them on the map. You know, but uh, but uh, you know I, I brought them because I, I loved Diana's voice, and she was eight years old. I've been hearing her sing on my on my steps, on my stoop at my house. You know, so uh, yeah. so yeah, and and Mary Wells, I thought she had a, a very assigned her to me when, when we signed her, and and you know, uh, and the Marvelous, they were there, they were a great group, and we've been using Gladys Horton because she sang Please, Mr. Postman and Playboy and those songs like that that first were hits on the Marvelous. But heck, I knew Wanda was in that group, and she had this little sexy voice, and so I wanted to do some songs on her. So I did yeah. Don't Mess with Bill, and the Hunter gets captured by the game, and and I used her to sing them, you know. But I I just enjoy talent, man. I enjoy singers, and 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 um, and it didn't have to be a female. I know you're so uh, good friends with Marvin Gaye, and I've heard you talk about the fact when someone's asked what your favorite Motown album was over the years, it wasn't really yours, but it was was Marvin Gaye's. What's going on? Yeah, it still is. Yeah. Still is my favorite album of all times. Yeah. That's amazing. It's prophecy. It is. You know, I was with him when he was writing it, and it was prophecy. I mean, it's like if you listen to it today, it's more poignant today than it was when it came out. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely yeah. is. It is. It is. And now 4,000 songs later, 4,000 songs later, I mean, you have written and written 50th anniversary by the year of your, of your debut sol- solo album, Smokey, with songs like Sweet Harmony, Baby Come Close. You know, you developed a new style and you carried it around through your entire career. Well, you know, um, I hope that's a good thing, David. <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you sang your entire catalog, I think at a concert, people would be in their seats for a few days, at least. Maybe four oh, days, yeah, maybe a yeah, week. That'd be impossible. <laughs> that'd be impossible. How do you, you decide? Know? How do you decide what you want to play when you're on tour? Like, oh, well, well, you know, there, there are certain songs, uh, David, that I have that I consider to be have-to songs. You know, if I go somewhere and don't sing those songs, people are going to throw stuff at me, you know. So there are certain songs that I have that I figure have to songs, and they are uh, songs like Cruising and Ooh Baby Baby and The Tracks of My Tears and Tears of a Clown. Those are like have to songs for me, you know, yeah. and um, yeah. and so I put them in every night. But then I switch up the other songs and, you know, just play whatever it is, cause, you know, and um, and have to work it that way because like you said it would be impossible to do all of them absolutely yeah you know i knew in the in the earliest days of motown especially in the south audience would be segregated but the music of motown back then to today and your solo music and your music over the last 50 years really brings people together it does well, you know, David, that's one of the things that I'm really proudest of, man, the fact that we broke down barriers with music, you know, and uh, that, that I'm, I'm so proud of that because, you know, in the early days when we first started, when we were fledgling and we weren't in any cities but Detroit and Ann Arbor and Flint, Michigan, and this was before we were, we were even a national company, um, there were places in Detroit that if you went there and if you were a black person, you better have something on you that said you worked for somebody in that area or you were supposed to be there for some reason, you know, and especially if the police caught you, you know, you, you, you in those areas, you, you just in the area and, you know, you would get stopped and, it, it, you know, it was ridiculous, really. It was, it was so segregated. And um, we started to get letters from the kids, from the white kids in those areas. And they said, hey, man, we love your music, and we got your music. Our parents don't know that we have it, because if they knew, they might make us throw it away. But we got your music. We love you. We didn't think to save those letters. Right. That's, that's, oh, those letters man. would be invaluable now, Absolutely. man. They would be priceless. Agreed. You know what I mean? But we were young, and we were just doing what we were doing, and we put them aside and don't even know what happened to them, you know. And a year or so later, we were getting letters from the parents in those, in, in, in those areas. Hey, we found out our kids had your music, so we wanted to see what it was about. We listened to it. We loved your music too we had to keep on making it that, that, that kind of stuff and we did not think to save those letters man because we were just moving so fast and we were young like i said and we were happy to get them but we didn't think to save them and they would be invaluable nowadays but here's what you still have you still have a lot of these people in your lives because everyone in motown was like a family and and still a family for those who are still around uh, for everybody who's still alive we still have a our motown family man yes we do Absolutely amazing. Well, Smokey will be appearing at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan on Friday, December 29th. For tickets, you can visit Ticketmaster.com. A thrill, Smokey. You know, you define the word legend, and it's it's always a thrill to spend some time with you. Well, David, thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. The great Smokey Robinson. You're listening to 720 WGN.